and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro Podcast. I'm Shauna Simawang. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so that they can be more effective in their jobs. Today, I'm excited to have Daniel Hayden from Google join us. Daniel, I'd love for you to introduce yourself, your role, and your organization to our audience. Sure. Thank you. My name is Daniel Hayden. I'm currently the lead of the sales skills curriculum at Google based in Chicago in the US and we're part of the uh, sales organization in which we support a lot of the sellers and managers across our organization. And prior to Google, I spent 10 years at American Express in a range of roles from sales enablement to marketing to training, analytics, uh, a range of different roles at, at American Express. Absolutely. And you are a returning guest to our podcast. We actually had you with us back in 2020. And during that podcast, you had mentioned that, you know, delivering effective training programs really requires staying on top of the changing needs of the business, which, you know, over the past two years, I, I feel like we've just been submersed in change. What are some of your best practices for anticipating change and then and then proactively aligning with your stakeholders on their priorities? Well, the number one best practice I always keep in my mind whenever I'm working on sales enablement programs is to really stay close to the customer. You've really got to try and preempt how their needs will change into the future based on problems that they face. So you really want to look at you know competition to see what they're doing and anticipate what their weaknesses are and what their next move will be. And that can help fuel you in the right direction to ensure that you know your sales teams are really honing in on their strengths and also being supported with their opportunities to really ensure that the, the learning that you create is going to have a, a measurable impact on the business. So I would say the closer you can stay to the customer and then the more you can plan your business and sales strategy and enablement tools around that, then the more successful uh, you're likely to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the things, you know, we've been talking about, I feel like a lot, especially in the last two years, is just this need to be agile and flexible. So how do you keep your training programs, you know, flexible so that you can adjust as the need arises? Yeah, if I think about sales enablement programs I've seen over the years or learning programs in general that I've seen over the years, there is a tendency that the more information you can cram into it, then the more useful it's going to be for the learner or for the salesperson. And I think that we're realizing a lot within sales enablement that this isn't really true anymore. So my advice in terms of keeping training programs agile and flexible is actually to keep the message in the training very simple and very concise. So if you can keep your training program short to strengthen the engagement, because you're more likely to engage with learning that seems digestible and, and possible to actually fit into your very, you know, very busy day. But also that makes it easier to update and adjust the programs as needed because they are shorter. So you want to keep your eye on changes in the business so you can respond as quickly as possible. And that training development cycle can take some time. So the shorter the engagement, the easier it tends to be to update that and make sure that the message still stays on point. So my advice would be pick, you know, a few key points that you're trying to make within the within the training engagement and really find effective ways of crafting that message concisely. So then if you do have to make updates later on, it's much easier to inject those updates into something that is, you know, five or 10 minutes versus 90 minutes. So that would be my, my advice there. 
I love that advice. Now, in addition to keeping the training programs agile, in our last conversation, you talked about the importance of enabling salespeople to be adaptable and agile in their approach, right? As they have to respond to a lot of shifts in the sales environment and and even within their buyer's needs. So how have you built these skills through your training programs? Yeah, this is a very important topic in the area of sales. It's very difficult with skill development programs, if you're trying to create incredible sellers, to just rely on content or just rely on knowledge. Because ultimately, the only way you're going to create a a very strong and impactful sales force is to really develop their skills and also change their behavior. So in training programs, you should really ideally create a framework that gives the learner structure but at the same time allows freedom within that framework for them to use their own style or respond to customer objectives that could throw them off a little. So, you know, they're going to get questions or concerns that are raised by customers. And if you give them a rigid script to follow, that's not going to be, you know, very much use. But if you gave them a framework in order to how to tackle those particular objections, then they're more likely to be effective and are going to be able to respond in the moment so that it's a really relevant response and and really helps take that customer towards the solution. So you kind of want structure without the rigidity. And I think that kind of approach to learning can really help develop salespeople that feel empowered to take what they've learned from the learning, but actually apply it in their own way to their own set of customers. That's fantastic. Now, I want to shift gears a little bit. You were you were recently featured um, in another interview, and you talked about practice as the key ingredient to building skills. How how does practice help reinforce knowledge learned in training? Yeah, so this kind of goes back to a little bit about what I was just discussing, and that you know, knowledge or content alone is is just not enough to be successful. You know, I can read a book on how to play soccer. Um, and even if I remembered that book word for word, it doesn't mean when I go onto the onto the pitch that I'd be any good at playing soccer, right? So the only way I'm going to get better at playing soccer is if I actually practice, get coached by people that are, are great soccer players themselves or know how to play soccer well. And it's that continuous practice that's going to make me a fantastic player. So I'm only going to get better really by by applying you know techniques over time so that I can really perfect the way that I strike and that I tackle um, and it's the same for any skill development you know whether you're in sales whether you're learning a language whatever it is you're going to have to practice because ultimately it's the change in behavior that's going to take you to a, a much more effective place where you're going to be more effective at selling so the, the practice helps you reinforce the knowledge by changing your behavior. And that's why within sales enablement, you can't just rely on great content and long e-learnings, for example, because they just don't have the same impact with skill development as they do with, say, having to acquire product knowledge at a company. So that would be, be my advice is creating programs that actually rely on practice and have a really big practice component rather than lots of content, because that's going to encourage your learner to want to try and develop these new skills through many different activities. And then when they go back to their day jobs, they already have learned new behaviors that they can experiment with and try on the job, which is ultimately potentially going to make them a more successful salesperson. So uh, you really want to ensure that the, the practice components are actually within the sales enablement programs. Otherwise, that knowledge will easily be forgotten and won't actually have much impact on, on the sales results. Absolutely. So I'd love to double click. What are some of your strategies for for going about embedding the practice into your learning curriculums? Yeah, so I think the main one that I mentioned before was really reducing content. Uh, And what this helps to do really is reduce how much information the learner has to consume so they're not overwhelmed. And you can bring people together to practice in really smart ways. 
So, you know, there's many different things you can do. You mentioned about strategies there. So, you know, you can implement peer-to-peer team sessions where they learn from from other people that they work with, which can be really good because it, it, you know, they're working with people that understand and do their roles today. So it's incredibly relatable. Simulated coaching, you know, with like gaming platforms is something I've seen in the past being utilized because it's fun. It's a bit more engaging. You, you kind of feel like you're playing a video game rather than in a learning experience. So that's becoming quite popular, particularly simulated coaching when gaming is integrated with the real world. So when you have, you know, potentially an avatar or, or a simulation where you've got real people that are actually driving the learning for the learner, that's that's getting pretty popular. I'm seeing that get more and more utilized by companies. Coaching role plays with your managers, not a particular popular one, but it can be really effective if it's done in the right way. And even, you know, trying new things with different customers just to see how receptive they are. You know, the, the, the proof is really going to be in how different customers respond to um, the way that you position the product or the way that you have those conversations. So, you know, I wouldn't practice something for the first time necessarily with a customer, but I think if you've been trying new things, you know, outside of with the customer and then you, you go to speak to a particular customer in, I don't know, a particular industry, you might want to try a particular technique that you've learned and just to see how receptive they are. So I think practice has to be embedded, not just outside of the customer situation or the sales conversation, but actually, you know, when you are working with the customer, because that's where you're going to really see the impact and how that has helped change and improve uh, the way that you sell as a salesperson. I love that approach. Now, in closing, the last time we spoke, I think I asked a question about the future of sales enablement. And and you really anchored that around tools and access to knowledge. How has that come to fruition for you this year? And, and how can increased accessibility impact the success of your learning programs? Well, as, as you know, from our conversation, you know, last time, I think it was around early to mid 2020 at the start of the, uh, the pandemic. You know, it's, it's really brought to life that accessibility is key, particularly when it comes to, you know, many people working remotely or having geographically dispersed sales teams. And and knowledge is important in learning, but it changes a lot. So you really need to make sure that that knowledge can easily be updated and stored on a tool that is, as you said before, easily accessible to the salesperson. So increased accessibility to that knowledge really enables learning programs then to focus on developing the skills that will ultimately make the biggest difference with customers and prospects. So if your if your tools and the technologies that you have available are really powerful at bringing the knowledge and the product information and the product benefits and all of that to the salesperson, then your sales enablement and learning programs can focus more on changing behavior, really ensuring practices at the forefront of learning and, and really getting your salespeople to explore different ways of doing things that they can be more effective with the customers. So that's the way I would think about it. I do think there's a lot of great tools out there. There's a lot of great sales enablement tools out there that provide really easy access to information. I think the key is really blending the, the practice and learning opportunities with how the salespeople access the information because you're not you know just because you know every single thing about every single product doesn't mean you're necessarily going to be a great salesperson so that practice and that behavioral change is really what's going to help you improve as a salesperson but if you haven't got easy access to the knowledge then that's going to be difficult for you to you know communicate you know the 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 benefits of the products to the customer so i think it's a bit of a mix you do need some knowledge but i think the key really is to have great tools where you can access that knowledge easily so it can be updated because product knowledge is changing from my view in, in my view you know 
at, at a much faster pace than it ever has done before as companies strive to update their products to make them more attractive to, to new markets, but also to existing customers. So that would be my advice really is focus not just on the sales enablement programs, but also on that accessibility piece as well. I love that. I always get phenomenal enablement advice from you, Daniel. Thank you so much for coming back and and joining us as a speaker on our podcast again. Thank you. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. To our audience, thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you'd like to learn more about, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you.